Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Rains. I'm the founder, owner, and Texas Division Race Director here at Texas Outlaw Running. This episode you're about to listen to is known as Shooting the Bull. Shooting the Bull episodes release every Monday and we shoot the bull about running, fitness, and life itself. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a rating. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this show of us shooting the bull. Good morning, Ashley. Hey, good morning, Kristen and Carly. Yeah, we got Carly here. Um, so the other day at the at the race, we were doing a pack of pickup on Friday. This lady walks up. Her name's Kim. She ended up helping out volunteering and everything. And Kim was like, I really enjoyed when Carly was on the podcast. And so, and I think she said like, um, like, like as a woman, she enjoyed hearing another woman and how Carly is a good person to bounce things off of. So here she is. She's on the podcast. She's going to be on probably all the time, but Hey, we'll see. We'll make it work. Um, but uh, anyways, how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, it's okay. It's good. It's okay. I just, I just hope you don't say. It. Well, you, can, you it's shooting the ball, so you, I mean, you can pretty much say whatever you want. So it's okay. Um, but man, Asher, what a crazy weekend, bro! We just got done putting on the North Texas Ultra. Carly got to hear a little bit about it. What do you think about what you heard so far, Carly? Um, yeah, I heard it was hot. And it was probably a lot tougher than people expected. Well, well, I was talking about what I was telling you about what we had to do. What do you mean? What how, you we had to, how we had to rescue people. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It was hot and oh. it was tougher than people thought. Than they expected. Now, sure, you better be ready for this one, man. So, luckily, our man, our assistant race director, Frank, was there. So, leading up to this event, I noticed it's going to get pretty hot. So, I reach out to the park and I say, hey, can I get a UTV on site? And <clears throat> I guess you got to be certified. So, they, they said yes. But they made me do this like certification course thing, so I got certified. So I was the only one allowed to drive the UTV during this event, which kind of sucks because I can't be at the start and finish line if I'm out using it. So anyways, leading up to this event, the temperature's climbing. The day of the event, it climbs as the day goes on. But it ends up having a heat index of 108 degrees. And we've had we've had 60 to 80s for a very long time. What? No, he just keep going. What? I said dang, and Carly saw me say dang, but I didn't want to say it on the podcast, so I had myself muted. Well, you just did. Yeah. But uh, it was really cool. So we, we started everybody off in the morning. There was a lot of folks. Um, and around 11 o'clock a.m., so we're only a few hours into this thing, this guy comes into the finish line. And he was wearing a 3 of 7 project hat, 
which is funny. If you watch the year seven project, you know, um, kind of, uh, who this guy listens to, but he came in and he was, uh, he came to the, like where you get your water and stuff. And he just like started cramping in his legs and he fell. And then we try to get him in like a chair. And so Frank and the volunteers stood him up and he, they were trying to sit him down. And then he was not responding. Like he was like, his eyes were like in a daze and it was like mentally he wasn't there at all. And so I walked up to him and I said, what's your name? And he didn't say anything. <laughs> and they couldn't sit him down, though. It was really weird. So I was like, okay, th- this guy's going through some, like, heat illness of some sort, and it's affecting his mental response. So I'm like, all right, we're calling EMS. And they were supposed to be there in an hour. So we had to call him a little early. So I call him and I say, hey, we got this guy who's unresponsive because he wasn't responding. So he's unresponsive. And... uh did y'all come out here? And so they came out, but bro, they brought the whole city when they came out, bro. There was cop cars, two ambulances. It was a whole thing. So apparently the park ranger walked up to me after. The word unresponsive means dead in EMS language. So they thought someone had died. And so that's why they brought everybody out. So what are you supposed to say? Yeah, yeah I mean... <laughs> I guess I need to be more specific and be like, he's not talking. He's like <laughs> cramping and falling over. Anyways, so um, that was an interesting uh, scenario. And then tr- very shortly after that, um, we had to go pick up our first person who was, you know, thrown up on the trail. And we probably had, I don't know how many rescues we had, Asher. To where we had to drive in. Luckily, this was a trailway, so it's wide open gravel, soft, fine gravel trail. So we were able to get to people really easily. Um, and my aid station worker, um, Mandy, she she had my number. And so every time something went down, like someone needed to get picked up or somebody was falling out on the trail, she'd text me. And, you know, people people would ask, like, how do you know when someone falls out on the trail? And I was like, well, the only way to know, realistically, the only way to know, and the way we found out was through volunteers and word of mouth, because people were running the trail back and forth constantly. And if someone falls or is on the ground or can't go anywhere, your words are going to get to you pretty quick. And then we also had people to where they were, they would call their, their wives or husband at the start line and tell them, and then they would tell me. So it was pretty cool how we would get responses for that, but that's kind of the only way to do it. Um, trackers wouldn't really do much for you anyways, as far as telling you, Oh, they stopped. Um, but yeah, so tons of, tons of responses. Um, and what I saw a lot of towards the end of the race with a bunch of the hundred K runners, everyone running the 60 mile race is it was so hot and they were pushing through, but, uh, a lot of them we had to pick up, I found him whenever I pulled up. I found him on the ground, just laying there. But it was because they were they they couldn't move their legs anymore. They were all locked up, so they were probably just out of electrolytes and glycogen. And so I would throw them in the back of the buggy, and we would take them over to EMS if they 
if I felt like they needed it, I would just pull up and drop them off because we had EMS on site. Um, but yeah, at the end, man, I, I mean, if you go to our results, it's insane the amount of DNFs we have for the 50K, 52 mile, and the 100K race. It's like uh, across the board, across all the races, it was 40% didn't finish. So from the 10K to the 100K, 40% of the people didn't finish. And so it's pretty wild, but next year we're going to do that race in February. <laughs> and I'm not doing a race during the day in September anymore because the weather's too crazy. So, but uh, that was a very interesting time. And I think one of the things I was talking to Carla about yesterday that I learned from this is um, how um, uninformed people are when it comes to um, knowing their body in extreme endurance challenges and extreme weather. And I think it's very important that people should, um, should know their body in a way to where when they go out for a race and it's 108 degrees that, you know, how to, um, properly hydrate, get electrolytes and keep going. You know what I mean? And so, but man, it was really cool. I, I do want to talk about, um, I mean, everybody's accomplishment was, was equally as valued, but, um, there was this one, one lady and she came in about the second lap and she was like obliterated, dude. Like she went out on her third lap and I, I mean, I saw her, I mean, she was laying in the shade at some point and she was just walking, just chugging through, dude. She came in again as the sun started to set for her last lap and she pushed through, but she, she properly hydrated and properly kept the calories. in, so she, she was able to keep on moving. And when she came back through the finish line and finished, she said that she heard some guys say that um, pain is temporary, but DNFs are forever. <laughs> and so I kept her going. So I thought that was pretty cool. But, uh, and then there, there was this one guy that was um, his daughter, or I think it was his wife. His wife was uh, doing the race, and I was taking him back to his car, and he said, I said, do you think your wife's crazy for doing this? And she was, he was like, nope. He was like, I commend her. <laughs> I, I respect what she does. So I thought that was pretty cool. But, um, yeah. So how many, so, how many uh, volunteers did you have? Was it just one? No, we had uh, – we had about five or six volunteers. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So we had a good amount of volunteers, um, which came in super handy. So, yeah. yeah. Freed you up to go and use the UTV on the trail, I guess. So how many uh, back and forths on the trail do you think you did? Did I do? Like grabbing up some, yeah, grabbing somebody and coming back. I mean, I, I was gone less than every hour for starting at probably 11 to noon all the way all the way to sunset pretty much so a lot of times yeah Yeah, that's brutal yeah i mean that's what i wanted to talk about today though um as far as like um when it comes to you know putting yourself out into the wilderness like that in an endurance challenge and how it is way it is it's not like la la land like i'm gonna go do this it's like 
it's some real stuff and you got to be prepared for it. Yeah. So I actually had an experience with this pretty recently. Um, but I kind of want to talk about the weather change. I think that's big, especially when it comes to the South. Like, I mean, y'all have experienced it, I'm sure. in Longview, it's still 95 during the day, but in the mornings it gets down to, like I ran this morning and it was probably 60 degrees here. It's really nice. Um, but I, don't, I think one of the things that we sacrifice whenever we're like running in the mornings, running in these cool uh, temperatures is we sacrifice that heat training that we put in through the summer. And so our adaptation to like, you know, being able to go out and run at 108 degrees, it goes way down. We don't really think about it. And so I'm sure that's what happened to a lot of, or that's potentially what happened to a lot of the runners is, you know, you just start running in these cool mornings. You're like, oh, it feels great. But then you lose that adaptation. Um, and so a couple of days ago, I did a workout and I meant to do it in the morning. I ended up having to do it in the afternoon. And it was like a 92, 93 degree day. And I felt absolutely horrible. And I could tell it was just because I had been doing all of my runs at 6 a.m., whenever it's 65, 70 degrees and really low humidity. And uh, yeah, so I just suffered. I was like, I completely lost all my heat training. Um, so, man, it's, and if I had been a little smarter, I could have probably gone into that workout and, and known that, okay. If I feel a certain way, I need to back off or I need to push myself. Um, and I think that just comes with experience and like knowing yourself. So, yeah, I remember being in college athletics and I think it was my freshman or sophomore year, but um, one of the girls on the team was talking, I think it was Leah out of all of our girls. I'm pretty sure it was Leah. She was talking about hydration. And she was talking about how your hydrating hydration doesn't start on your race day. Your hydration starts like the week of. So if your race is on Saturday, you better start hydrating on Monday because every day before your race is going to dictate how you do on race day. It's just like food. Um, so I think that plays a big part, too, if you're only hydrating on race day, but you barely drank anything Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're probably not going to, you know, you're probably going to cramp depending on your distance. So. Yeah. Kristen has a little recent experience with that. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, hydrating the day of instead of doing it like I did. Oh, I was hydrating the week of. That's why I was able to get through that race, mister. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. You know <laughs> me because I got bad stomach acid and I threw up the day of. No. That's true. I just think you got nervous. I don't know. Kristen doesn't want to delve back into that. <laughs> hey, shout out to Powerade. Honestly, since that race, I have not been a Powerade guy. Like, I don't, I, I don't even know the last time I've had a Powerade in my life, bro. But when we were riding through that hot race the other, that other about a month ago, Whatever their electrolytes were, I was able to drink and keep down and not throw up. And that kept me going. That was my only source of calories. 
and electrolytes. And when we finished that, or whenever I was riding during that race, I saw the Powerade logo on the side of the road. Since then, I was like, I'm a Powerade boy, man. So I've been, anytime I go to a Sonic, Powerade, Route 69. (laughs) Route 69 Powerade. I'm pretty sure Powerade is better than, at least ingredients-wise, it's better than Gatorade. Because I know Gatorade has a ton of sugar. This is what I've heard, so do your research. But I've heard Gatorade has a ton of sugar, but Powerade doesn't have as much. I've just heard it's better ingredients-wise. And it has two times more electrolytes. And if you go to the gas station and get Powerade, it's two for four eighty nine. But I will say, Gatorade tastes better, but it's probably all the sugar. No. Because sometimes Powerade doesn't taste good. Don't be surprised if we get some Powerade at our Texas Outlaw races. I'm serious. I like it. I like it. I love me some Powerade, man. But yeah, ever since the experience, I've been on the Powerade train. It just tastes good. It tastes like watered-down Gatorade. It tastes good. Yeah, because it doesn't have as much sugar. In it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a good deal. So, um, so for so for all the runners in the, in the race recently, what's what's the best piece of advice for experiencing adversity? So, a hundred and eight degree day, and oh, then well, being able to overcome it. Well, that's literally the name of Carly and I scholarship: the overcome overcoming adversity scholarship. Hey. Carly's <laughs> trying to hop on over here, no, but. No, no. Here, let me say this real quick. Let me say this real quick. Okay, so so the day before the race, I I sent out an email saying, like, heat warning. We're going to have 108 degrees, know your body. I was like, as signed in the waiver, we are not liable for any injury or death occurred from the heat. Um, You know, stuff like that. Like, it was kind of a scary email. Just to let people know, hey, I mean, it's going to be freak. It's going to be super hot. Um, So... Is that who you're talking about? Yes. Okay, so tip. So Elaine, shout out to Elaine. Um, I need to tell her. Yeah, you need to tell her. Yeah. So she did, what was that race called? How to get out. I don't know. What was that race called? Oh, the Texas Diablo Marathon. Okay, so she did the Texas Diablo, and it was like. Explain what that is. It was in July. It was the hottest or the hardest marathon in Texas is what it was. Yes, it's super hot. You really got a heat train. And she did how far was her distance? Um, I think it was a marathon, wasn't it? Half marathon. Okay, she did a half marathon. Started at noon. And it started at noon. And she heat trained and she told us how she heat trained. She would get she would run, you know, in the hottest part of the day, but she would get little um Ziploc bags. She would put ice water in them and she would put them in her shirt. She would put them in her back. She would put them in her arms. She would wear long sleeves and put them in her arms. She would wear a hat. She would cover herself. No tank tops. No if you're a guy, no shirtless, no sports bras. And that's how she heat trained every aid station. She would redo the ice, redo the cold water. And that's how she kept her body cool. So tip for heat training, listen to Elaine. She did her distance and she finished. Well, let me pick off of that real quick because I saw a lot of guys out there wearing all black. What are you doing, son? Listen, I saw a guy on YouTube. I, I was looking for the best cooler. 
And what he did was he looked, he had a bunch of different colored coolers and put them all in the same amount of sun. And the surface temp temperature of a colored cooler, not even black, but just like a blue cooler, the surface temperature on top was like 30 degrees hotter than the surface temperature of a white cooler because the white reflects the heat. And so pro tip, if you're running a race in the heat exposed in the sun, wear all white, wear a white yeah. long sleeve yeah. covering all your arms. And then, I mean, I guess you could wear shorts. I don't see that being an issue. And something that covers your neck and stuff that's a white, not black, man, not black. Don't wear black. It's a terrible idea. But um, this, we're about out of time, Asher. You got anything else you want to say there? Yeah, I know black looks cool and all, but <laughs> save yourself 30 degrees of heat or whatever and wear some white. Hey, apparently oh. it makes you look slimmer. <laughs> black. Yeah, that's what people say. You know what else not, makes you look slimmer? Right. Yeah, you're not, you're not out there to look slim. You're out there to look, you're out there to run fast and finish the race. Well, what you're doing by running is you are slimming down anyways. So let, exactly. let everybody see the body transformation. You get white. And white. Yeah, we're white. Anyways. All right. Well, that's all I got there. Thanks for listening, y'all. If you like the podcast, leave a good rating. And uh, we got the South Texas Ultra coming up next Still got some spots there, so if y'all want to hop on, hop on. But yeah, seriously, leave a rating and uh, subscribe to the podcast. We got these every Monday, so we'll uh, see y'all next Monday on Shooting the Bull. Asher. Happy trails. Happy trails. Apparently, Carly's making a t-shirt design for that, so we'll let y'all know. But all right, we'll see y'all next Monday. <laughs>